Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Paz L'Enchantaine is a rock and roller. She grew up in a classical house in Southern California. She is a badass on stage. She is um, a very joyous presence in a rock and roll setting. She plays in Pixies, one of my very favorite bands. You've heard Joe Santiago, the guitarist from the Pixies, on Wheels Off before. Uh, She's been the bass player and a vocalist in the Pixies since 2014, so the last eight years or so. Um, Their newest record sounds like it's going to be great, and I'm so excited for it. But she's got a lot going on. She's She explains during the course of this interview the different stuff that she's into, and it's uh, profligate, interesting, and cool, just like she is. She's very cool. Please welcome to Wheels Off the great Paz L'Enchantin. Welcome to Wheels Off, Paz L'Enchantin. Thank you so much for joining me. This is fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Nice, nice uh, introduction. You said my name perfect. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, I hear it this way or another way and uh, you said well, it right. I studied French, which I know is not your, um, that's not the the history of your family, but I figured that I couldn't go wrong airing on the side of kind of French because it's Argentinian, right? Well, we were all born in Argentina, but Argentina is a melting pot for, you know. Sure. Uh, so there is French in my bloodline. However, I also did go to a lycée français de Los Angeles here in um, LA. And, um, but, but yeah. Is that one of uh, your we're la- all from We're all from Mar del Plata. Um, again, I'm actually from Southern California. I've been here 40 years plus. <laughs> uh, but everyone's obsessed from where you were actually born. And I was actually born in Mar del Plata as my entire family was born there. Um, meaning my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. Um, <clears throat> but I resonate towards the Southern California gal that yeah. I really do feel I am. That's the vibe I get from you for sure. Do you, are you though, um, do you speak French as well? You sounded like you. 
I, I, you know, I, I went to school. I spoke French. Uh, it's one of those things when I'm in France, you give me like a week there and I'm starting to really adapt. Mm -hmm. I love the French because they push you to, you know, they, they all pretend they don't know English. So it kind of <laughs> makes you <laughs> want, want to, uh, to communicate in, in French. So um, it's fun trying, at least. It's a fun language to uh, at least pretend you know. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so tell me, if you don't mind, what creative project are you working on at the moment and how does it light you up? A creative project outside of Pixies or um, in what way do you mean? Uh, in whatever way you want to answer. I know that you guys did just do an intensive session with the Pixies and that yeah. could easily be the answer. It sounds like that's one of the big things you're working on. Well, it is where my, my mind is. We just got out of that and it was, um, I think, more than the other albums that I have done with Pixies, which now this is my third, it was more like an explosion of, I missed you so much. Wow. I appreciate this moment we have together kind of uh, feeling for me uh, because uh, the, when you didn't know if we were even going to ever see each other again at this, you know, at this not see each other, but even be able to do a creative, you know, with with bands, it's a lot of traveling, a lot of, you know, things that during the pandemic, it's like you you don't know when you'll be able to do that again. Um, to, so to finally be together and make this new record, which is my favorite that I have done of, of the three, uh, it's it. There was a lot of joy in my and and I felt in other in others and of just being able to be together again. That's so exciting as a lifelong. Well, I mean, most of my lifelong fan of the Pixies. That's what Joe said, too. He said it's it's the best thing you guys have done since the Reformation and which I've liked, you know, all, all of the records. So that's exciting. It's a high bar. It is exciting. It is exciting. Um, I've been enjoying listening to it. We're still in the you know, getting the final mixes, the sequence, the the flow of the record, the uh, album art, all of these things that um, is also the reason why I love music uh, is that there is so much creativity even outside of just uh, playing music and songwriting. Uh, there's all these other aspects of music that are also very creative um, because I do enjoy all the aspects that music has to offer and being in a band. Uh, and, and so we're in that phase where now, now the music is kind of dictating how the, uh, the art is going to be, the sequence is going to be. Um, and um, it's exciting to see wow. it all kind of unfold. It's fun for me as a, as a lover of liner notes to see how, many jobs you have had over the years from string arranger to obviously string performer. Um, it, but just like, it seems like you do a lot um, in the rock and roll sphere. I wonder like right now, I know you're a full-time member of the Pixies, but are there other jobs that you get kind of get to do on the side as well? Um, I've been very much interested in uh, doing music for, for films or, or uh, something that I, I, 
like the visuals for, and I've been talking with a lot of um, uh, directors and uh, definitely want to get myself more involved in that world, um, which I think is a perfect timing. Uh, I, I think there are more directors wanting to work with female artists um, just in uh, maybe it's the times or something's opened up, but I have heard that more and more that uh, having that energy just in itself, which I've always found interesting how people can, you know, typecast you as a female and a male and all of this. But there is a difference in the end, because when you're working with someone, uh, it is your energy, your conversation, your uh, your your um, character that's part of not just the music, but how you <clears throat> interact with the director or or the creatives or the producer and i found that uh, more than ever in my line of work people are wanting to more and more work with female artists do are do you have command of like logic pro tools all the recording software end of things you could yeah done? yeah do i mean i'm not <clears throat> great i'm definitely good uh i i would uh, uh, I like working with someone where I can just stay in the creative and not be that person because I could get lost in the details of, of all of that, you know, where I have now a good team um, and, it, and it's helpful to have someone there uh, engineering while you're, you know, uh, coming up with a lot of the um, ideas. And, and, and so your, your creative flow is still, you know, uh, more uh, just flowing out of you rather being halted by, okay, hold on, let me get the track, blah, 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 you know. Uh, <clears throat> so it really helps. I, I even love just being by the piano, pressing play on my phone and, and just kind of like getting the chords, getting the ideas. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do right now. I have this beautiful Steinway that takes up the entire living room uh, and, and it stares at me. It's like, really, if you don't play me today, you know, if we're not, it's like, what am I doing here? You know, it's just like stares at me every day. Just better sit down and do something. <laughs> and do, do you keep your chops up on violin viola? Uh, I don't play viola. I just, oh, uh, just play, violin. I play violin. Yeah. Okay. Um, my, my brother played viola. My sister played cello. I played violin. And um, I definitely love doing that when I'm home more than, you know, when I'm on the road, at least my routine for the past 20 plus years has been like, I go on the road, I rock out with a band, I'm playing bass. And when I come home, I like to like switch it up a bit and, and get more into the strings head, you know, and how they re relate with each other. Um, uh, I, I was typecast a little bit early on that, you know, classical, you know, if you were raised classical, you didn't know how to rock and roll, you know. Um, but I also feel the other way around, you know, where how you know a lot of string arrangements can be a little bit square because the strings don't know how to rock and roll you know and so i feel like i've come i can marry the two two things uh, where they help each other you know i feel paul mccartney has such a, a melodic 
uh, classical form. It's very Bach where the bass is always moving. It's never, it's never going to like the tonic, you know, and it's always trying to create a chord rather just follow a chord. And, uh, with, with violin, it's like the, the, you know, it's with the string arrangements, it's the same kind of thing as you don't want to just like, you know, make this, a uh, box of a string arrangement um, where does it have a melody? Does it have its own melody? And so I've learned a lot from these very opposite. Uh, they're like the yin and the yang to me, the violin and the bass uh, with, with uh, the same intent. Uh, there are four strings. Um, the, the violin has the high E is the, you know, the bass has the low E. You know, and 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 it's interesting. They're almost like this exact mirror and opposites of each other. Oh, is that how the strings are arranged? Is it a mirror? Well, the well, the the violin is in fifths, so okay. it starts with the G. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, G D A E, and in the bass, it's the opposite, but it's fourths. So the the low E is is E A. You know, so it's the the opposite way. Um. Uh. So the you know the low E, the A, the D, yeah. So I wonder about this because obviously you you know you, your background comes up a lot with with you and the the family with the, the classical music all around you growing up and then gravitating towards rock and roll which is you know how I how I first knew you as like this super powerful rock and roller I wonder when it was all starting for you was there a moment where you knew that you wanted to do this with your life to make rock and roll to stand up on stage to play maybe bass specifically was there an epiphany moment well, I mean, just moving to California, you know, uh, I, I think that music is such part of your surroundings. I was in Argentina in this world. It was uh, my parents' beautiful world to a certain point of their life where and it was um, this gorgeous artistic world of you know, they're, they're friends who were all in the theater and classical music, but it was art. It wasn't uh, this idea that people have of um, this classical. It's it was their language, you know, and coming to California, it was, you know, language to me it starts with music. And I wanted to know the language of California and what the music was about. And I gravitated very quickly to, you know, Jane's Addiction was the L.A. band, you know, and the bass player was this way. And to me, you know, uh, uh, the, the first time I heard the Beatles was at the grocery store. You know, it was like there, there's these these things that I was all of a sudden awakened to. And they was it was like um, uh, an explosion. And I wanted to know more. And but the sounds to me that I felt, you know, from the beginning was bass. Like I knew that the bass was the glue to what was going on, that I loved it. You know, I would stay up, you know, listening to, um, you know, NPR or some, you know, where they just had like someone playing acoustic guitar and I would grab my bass and I'd play along to it. You know, I. Um, uh, I recall Neil Young one time being on the show and I just wanted to play along to his songs. 
you know, how you can, I think the base need, because the base needs an accompaniment, you know, it's an accompaniment, like it needs to play with someone, you know? So, so why not some of your favorite people that don't have a bass player at that moment, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's like, it's like going the back way around to collaboration. Like Neil Young didn't know he was collaborating with you that day, but yeah. And they're on the radio. I was like, Hey, uh, you know, uh, but we all do it our own way. I think playing with with other people is the most important thing to a bass player. Um, you know, it's got to find your you got to find your rhythm section a, and then you know the melody you want to follow, uh, and the people you you know. But I think it goes hand in hand. I really believe that people uh, resonate to a certain like your temperament is going to play a certain style of music, right? So it's going to go hand in hand, right? I, I think that, you know, if you're this kind of person, you're going to love this kind of music. And therefore, uh, your, your relationship is, 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 is already good. You know, that's why most people, you know, I, I hear all the time, like, oh, you know, we met at your show. And it's like, and, and now we have children and we got married. It's because mm-hmm. that all it took was music to connect to people because right there, it's like, well, if you like this, that means you must be like this. And we're already then getting along. I love that. And the, the the Pixies these days seems like a really sweet band. Like I know Joe and Charles and it just, it's very, very, I mean, I, people might think that because there's like a darkness and sometimes in the uh, artwork, it looks a little creepy or scary or whatever. Maybe Charles seems like he'd be scary or whatever, but you guys seem so, <laughs> so I mean, fun I, and happy. I like, I like scary. <laughs> you know, I like dark. I like light. I like, all of it. And I think that even the word pixie uh, is that. I, I, th- one of the things I love is that this uh, is um, the, 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 they, they I've been making films. I went to film school and I've been making little short films um, throughout my time since I was in um, uh, college. And, you know, and pixies have allowed me to continue making uh, music videos. Uh, since since the first record I worked with. And I just finished one um, that will be probably, I think, coming out in March sometime uh, for, um, for a single. And uh, I don't think it's announced yet, so I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Um, but uh, my, my point is that uh, th- th- I'm allowed to still do the thing that I love doing as a hobby, which is making films, little films. And in this one, it was uh, about uh, being a pixie and what that means to me. And it was like the actual word and, and how I kind of transformed into one um uh, by just joining the pixies uh and and how pixies are uh if you read read the history of um you know i think it it, it was from ireland and um, there were piskies was the original word piskies uh and they would lure you 
they would have this light and they would lure you this way, but you had to watch out, you know, because where they lure you, you, you think, you think it's the, the way out, but it might be the way in. Uh, and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful fairy tale. And, and I, that's sometimes how I feel like I'm in a fairy tale. Ah, I love that. Um, well, it's funny because when, when I hear you talking about making music and um, growing up in it and, and making short films and the different things that you do to um, express yourself artistically, it um, it makes me wonder if this is the answer to this question. But I wonder about uh, the things you come up against that are internally generated, like the negative voices in your head, the obstacles that you create for yourself to get in the way of making art or just being happy or being a human being or whatever. I have not talked to anyone yet that doesn't come up against some internally generated obstacles. And I wonder for you, what have you figured out as far as strategies for getting past those? I mean, uh, I definitely have been my own worst critic and in some ways that's helped me to move forward from all of the criticisms you might get in life uh, is like, you know, in one hand, it's like, well, no one will ever criticize me as hard as I have criticized myself. Therefore, I, you know, don't even care what anyone thinks, you know, <laughs> because no, none of it is going to hit me harder than uh, the, what I have um how I feel I have failed in that project. You know, every project to me has been something to grow and learn from. And, and the only way you can do that is to see it, see how you want to grow through that, not how someone else wants you to grow through that. So hearing how you might have failed from others is not necessarily the way that you will find your own voice you know, uh, figuring out how you would have done something different in your own project um, may be different than what the critics may say or what others may say that they wanted you to do. Um, so I don't know, like I'm, uh, I, uh, I, I do like getting people's opinions on things, you know, uh, however, I don't just hear what they have to say. I, I really first uh, want to hear what I think about it. And then I might, it might be more valid by hearing that other people agree, you know, that it's, it's trying to figure out who you are through your own art and learning from the things that you want to learn from, from, you know, so you're, you're doing it in your own rhythm, your own way, and you stay very true to yourself. God, that's such a great point too, right? Like why would their opinion be more valuable than your own opinion? Well, I mean, if you're going to, you know, for example, let's like a very easy to uh, make an example is Bob Dylan, mm -hmm. where, you know, from the beginning, Bob Dylan, you know, the second he, Bob Dylan didn't want to do his acoustic folky thing. He wanted to join the, uh, you know, be in a band with the band. Everyone criticized it. You know, everyone wanted him to stay as a folklore, like, you know, genius as he was and did not accept him. And and if you listen to that and it was and, and he was just that guy that did, you know, he would have died with the times, 
you know, listening to everyone else and where, you know, the folk music kind of died with the times. And I'm not saying he was doing it to stay with the times, but when you're true to yourself, time doesn't really matter. You know, you not if you're doing just what people are thinking is the hip thing to do at the time, and then you're just going to die with the thing that was of the time. God, and, that and is, as an artist, longevity is the most important thing. I think. Exactly. And that's something that comes up a lot in these conversations is the idea that as artists, the main tool that we have is, is, is our intuition, right? That, that thing, which rather than reading a review and going along with whatever the prevailing wisdom about what it is you should do, according to the critic, you're just, you're following your own intuition. What's the next note, the next word, the next album, well, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, you have things have their own life. You know, you, you let them go uh, and to the world. And now it's it's other people's as well. Like in lyrically, you could be writing about something that meant something to you. And then you put it out in the world and now it means something to them. And, and they have all the right to make it about their life and their thing and it's now yours just as much as it was mine and once you release that you you feel this obligation to move on to something new and something else you know sometimes people are like well what makes you want to you know keep going or you know did you you know uh, what's the motivation of continuing you know it's 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 but it's part of it so you release it and now you want to create you know it's just that's the flow of the, the 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 music music songwriting i love that i love the idea of letting it go i i saw tom waits give a keynote speech at a south by one year and he said uh i love writing songs because when i finish it i say now go fly away and make daddy some money <laughs> well, I mean, with Tom Waits, it's different because he wasn't much of a uh, live performer. But I do feel that li live performing is uh, a, a very crucial part of the expression of the songs you put on a record. Um, it kind of takes its own life, you know, especially when you're there um, and and you're the conduit of people singing along with you and and uh i i feel that live performance uh is very important in the release of that um but also the knowledge that we're all you know doing this part unanimously together and yeah. um yeah it's it's something i really enjoy and some people don't enjoy like tom Weiss, he didn't enjoy it that much he kind of rather just make records and you know do this you know his playing out wasn't really something he he gravitated towards do you did, did you have a period early uh earlier in your career where you we're in bands that would play songs out before going to record them. Cause I feel like that as you go on in your career, that that's less often the case, but boy, that was kind of fun, right? Did you ever get to do that much? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Pixies, we've done that too, where we would be bold enough to just be like, okay, we're working on this song. Like let's just play it out. And, and it's really fun sometimes when people are looking, you know, who, 
go and see your shows and they think they know every single song. And then all of a sudden, like, what is that song? You know, um, it's, we've definitely have done, or sometimes uh, there, I think there was a record that we played almost back to back before it was released. Um, but that was a little different because it was already released, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely have done that, um, uh, you know, with songs, not necessarily a whole album, um, with a perfect circle. We definitely have done that before we made, um, Merida Gnomes, um, we played them out almost too much. It's like, okay, so when are we going to make this record? How was uh, how was that being in a rhythm section with Josh Freeze? Oh, he's awesome. And we're still such great friends. And I love that my introduction to being in a band was, you know, perfect circle. Wow. Um a very solid, you know, his his playing, uh, I'll still never know what's going on in his head but it's flawless it's easy it, he's like a you know he's an ice skater in, in in the drummer's world where you're like i can do that and then you're like wait i can't do that that's true and for those of you listening at home uh you should after listening to this go just go youtube josh freeze and watch some videos of him maybe youtube running man josh freeze because there's a thing he does on the snare drum where he looks like he's running it's it's pretty brilliant um, he he also recently came out with a record called Just a Minute, which all of the songs, I think it's like 40 songs and they're all a minute long. <laughs> and uh, and he asked me to make a music video for one of them. Uh, and uh, it was it was he, he's just one of one of my closest friends, like family to me. And uh, and that does, you know, it, it is something that uh, the, a good rhythm section for a bass player is like, wow, you know, and without that, it's um, and if everyone's a little different and it takes a little bit of adjusting. And then once you hit that place, like with David Lovering, I mean, it's it's been really great. Like we're just he's he's been awesome to play with. And uh, I just feel like I've had the best drummers in the world in my life. It's uh, a bass player's dream. Um, so this has been so useful to me. And I think that the, our listeners, even if they're not musicians, are going to wind up finding so much wisdom in what you've shared with us so far. I'm wondering if you might be willing to try and condense the wisdom a little bit. And imagine if you were to run into a 21-year-old version of yourself um, living and working in today's world, uh, what advice might you give 21-year-old Paz? Huh. Oh, um, stay off social media. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you there? Yeah, no, that's great. I I agree. (laughs) Seconded. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of time wasted on that. And I know that in order to be who you are, you can't be wasting your time trying to figure out a facade of yourself, which it all really is. You know, I'm so fortunate to have been raised in a time where that wasn't the case. I'm not saying don't do it. You know, I, I do it. Everyone does it. But when you're, when you're in a place trying to um, connect with yourself artistically, this 
this kind of, you know, trying to get likes. It's the same thing I was saying prior. Getting likes because someone else likes you doesn't make you uh, a better person. You know, it doesn't, it creates, you start creating yourself through what other people like of you versus what you're trying to discover of what you like about yourself. And social media, I think, is creating the likes of others versus the likes of yourself. And when you're trying to develop yourself as an artist, it's way more important that you have likes of yourself versus likes of others. So well said. That's so great, Paz. I'm, I'm really grateful that you uh, gave me and our, our listeners this time. And I just, I think the world of you, and I can't wait to see Pixies out on the road and hear the new record. It's so stoked for that. And um, you're, you're the best. Thank you so much. For uh, thank, okay, it's been me. a joy and uh, take care. That's so awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.